my name is Leslie. I am the host of the Why Not Today podcast. This is a podcast to celebrate people who have been courageous and said, why not today? I started this podcast to honor my father, Patrick Kane, who often did say, why not today? I'm based in Reston, Virginia, a planned community right outside of Washington, D.C., and thanks for joining us today. And I'm excited about my guest today, Chris Howard. I don't know really much about her except for what I've seen in the press. A friend of mine sent me a link to her story that was on a local news station of her adventures. And she's like, you need her on the Why Not Today podcast. And so <laughs> I reached out to her, found out she lives maybe a half a mile from my house. I think um, I could walk barefoot to your house. Yeah. yeah. So okay. I'm sure we've run into each other and passed each other and walking. So I'm excited to have you here and share your journey, your experience. So before we kind of hear all your courage stories and everything, tell us a little about who Chris is and a fun fact about you. <laughs> well, a fun fact is um, I'm a bit of a princess, honestly. Oh, good for you. <laughs> which is a bit of a juxtaposition to the story that we're just about to talk about. Right. Um, in fact, I just uh, redesigned my home to kind of reflect my personality. And it's um, designed in pink, crystal, and fluffy everywhere. I love that. So the other hat I wear. Unapologetically, is, yes. That's okay. The other hat I wear is, and I do have a pink shirt on today, is I'm a sales director with Mary Kay. And so oh, I love until it. Yeah. January, my wall behind me was bright pink, but I moved oh it. Oh my gosh. So yeah, pink. My niece asked me one time why pink was my favorite color. I'm like, it's really not. It just pays me really well. But <laughs> you know, pink and fluffy is always good. So I'm excited to hear your story and um, your adventures. And so before we kind of hear that, what does courage mean to you, Chris? For me, courage is daring to uh, live your authentic self. So courage comes from deep inside. And when the heart and your actions are totally aligned, then you know exactly what needs to happen come what may. Yes. And we're not worried about consequences. We're not worried about what people think. We're doing what we need to do in that moment. Totally agree. Got to yeah. look to those values. And so many people don't, unfortunately. Yeah. So you had a really cool adventure and I was kind of teased about it. But, and, you know, honestly, I read the story part of the story not the whole story and because yeah. I kind of want to be surprised by it and um and I don't know if I've known anybody that's accomplished this so let's talk about what you accomplished why you did it the backstory <laughs> and, and some of the courage steps in between so I'll let you spill the beans and share what you did for it. Really okay yeah and just jump in and you know uh let me redirect if you need me to so Absolutely. I'll get there so um, I'll, we'll just start with the it. So the it is the big adventure is I left my job. Um, I was 11 years with LabCorp drug development and 33 years as an executive in biopharmaceutical development, drug development. And, um, and I just resigned um, in order to go hike the Appalachian Trail. And for those who may not know what the Appalachian Trail is, it's the longest footpath in the world, continuous footpath. I, I started, <laughs> yep, mm -hmm. I started in Springer Mountain, Georgia, and okay. walked um, with 
whatever I could carry in my back and all my supplies, all my food, all my water, my sleeping bag, my tent was 25 pounds in the wintertime, 19 pounds in the summertime. And I walked through 14 states along the East Coast and ended my journey in Maine, Katah Mount Katahdin, Maine, right smack wow. dab in the middle. Yeah. So the okay. total mileage is 2,200. Wow. And so when did you do that? Um, I started April 10th of this year okay. and I started Katahdin on September 24th of this year. So it's about five and a half months took me. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So was this something you'd always dreamed of doing? Is it, oh. was it a, was it a pandemic? Like, okay, let's relook at our life and what are we doing and putting your Maybe. job? <laughs> Sometimes a lot of people that I've talked to are just like at that point it's like okay what's yeah. next and this is not fulfilling me yeah yeah well there's a convergence of three different factors that were all kind of happening at the same time that kind of was the fine point to me making the decision to do this um first of all my background was uh an Ironman um, okay. which is oh, wow. the ultra distance swim bike wow. run. So it's a total of 112 miles. Um, and I did that for 10 years and really my, my identity was formed through Ironman. How many and, did you do? Uh, 12, including the world championship. Yeah. Wow. Impressive. Yeah. My brother did yeah. it. Um, I actually interviewed him on the podcast in March of last year. He did Lake Placid and okay. yep. two of them. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was my life. I was even on the board of Ironman and, wow. you know, opened up doors for women to participate in the sport and increase the women participation. So it was, it was everything. But then I um, experienced an injury. I had a tear in my back called the multifidus. And the, the bottom line is I can no longer run and I can't, I can ride a bike, but when I'm used to doing 112 miles at 22 miles an hour, and now I can only do 14, that's just not fun anymore. So, yeah. um, so that, that part of me, and I try to replace it with, you know, lifting weights in the gym and all this other stuff, but being outside all day, I really missed that. Um, and then for my company, um, my job at work, I built a department from scratch and um, uh, it was, you know, my job is to work myself out of a job, the cliche, it's true. And so I'm more of an entrepreneur at work and this was reaching steady state, grew this department to 300 people, project managers around the world, 24 countries. Wow. And um and so, uh, so I was, I was kind of reaching that kind of culmination. I was looking for something next, yeah. another challenge, something to fill that in. And the company um, was that my division was sold off to start a new division. And the time was good. It was a good right. time. It was not disruptive. It was, it was a, it was an easy transition out. Right. Um, and then the third factor is I got diagnosed with melanoma. Oh wow. And. So I took some time off work, about five weeks off work to get that treated. And while I was there, I saw a map of the Appalachian Trail on a friend of mine's wall. Mm -hmm. And I was obsessed. I was studying it, all the little lines, all the little twists and turns. And, um, and it felt like a bolt of lightning hit me from the sky. And it was that moment that I was like, this is it. This is, this is, this is. This is going to scratch the endurance itch. I needed adventure. 
This will bring me back to my poor self. And uh, two months later, I was on trail. Wow. Love that. And by the way, a little detail. I've never uh, hiked before. I've never camped before. <laughs> okay. Before, honey, I'm not kidding when I say I'm all well, princess. And that's such so. a why not today story. It's like yeah. you just jumped in and did it. And like this podcast, yeah. I had never done this. And literally in my first episode, I recorded on a Saturday. I launched on a Saturday, recorded Friday at three o'clock because I was scared. I'm like, okay, I just got to do it. If you um, don't, if you think about it too much, then you'll talk yourself out. out yeah. Of it. And, you know, and so that's part of the podcast is I don't edit it. It's because it's just, it is as it is and it's real. Yeah. yeah. And I love that you've never awesome. been camping. And yeah, my idea of, I always say my idea of rooms of camping is when room service cuts off at midnight. So I couldn't imagine the camping part. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. Did you go by yourself? Yeah, I did. I did the entire trek by myself, but I was never alone. So right. there was lots of other people who, uh, who, who also are on the trail. So, um, in fact, the first time I, <laughs> the first campsite, I walked in and there was this ring of these very experienced hikers and they were, you know, very rough. They had their beards and their skin was weathered and their hair was like long and unkept and their clothes looked like they've slept in it for a month, probably more honestly. And they were having the fire and they're cooking their food over the fire. I mean, these people were legit. And this one guy, he had a tie dye shirt and the shirt said, I have weed for sale. Right. So this is, this is the kind of people right. I'm like, these are not people that I would normally hang out with. And I walked up and I had my little pearl earrings on in my I white I was about to ask, how prissy were you dressed during this thing? <laughs> you know, all my clothes are brand new, you know, and I walk in and I'm like, <laughs> and the guy um, who was wearing the, the, that shirt, I've got weed for sale. His name was Woodstock. We all have trail names. His name was Woodstock, which was quite appropriate. And uh, he had his deep, deep Southern accents, so deep it almost required a translator. And he says, well, shit. He said, I've been out here all my life and I still don't know what I'm doing out here. And all <laughs> the other people just laughed and all ha, 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 ha. And the whole gang got up and they walked me around and they showed me the ropes and they taught me how to look for a campsite and make sure the tree's not going to fall a branch on your head and look out for snakes and make sure you look for this kind of flat land. And they adopted me. Wow. And so that story, you know, I think we need to be risk being vulnerable to people who are quite intimidating, right? Because right. they're clearly experts and just be willing to laugh at yourself and be messy and look like a fool and it opens up new doors. It certainly did. Yeah. That's really the message I'm trying to get across is we need to live our life and just yeah. do the things and not be afraid. And I was talking to somebody yesterday about doing events and things for women. And she's like, you know, we were talking about people who just say they're going to do something and then don't follow through. Yeah. And there's, you know, if you don't have to pay, there's not a lot of skin in the game I've found. And mm -hmm. what she was saying that, you know, a lot of people, they say they want to do it, but they're scared to walk out of their house or scared to walk in a new situation or scared to meet new people. Yeah. Which is yeah. so true. So, well, I guess you have amazing stories. So I love that story. So what was your, um, 
what'd you call it? Your trail name? My trail name. My trail name is Phoenix Rising. Okay. Love that. And everybody called me Phoenix for short. So okay. whenever I'm on the trail, nobody knew what my real name is. They only right. knew me as Phoenix. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what were the hardest parts that really took courage or once you started, you're like, okay, I'm good. Or were you ready to quit or no, <laughs> no. <laughs> it was so hard. It was so hard. Um, and you know, I need to stop saying it was so hard because we need to define hard, right. And put words exactly. to it. And when so, I've and I've got a friend that says I can do hard things. Yes. Yes, for sure. But this, this made an iron man look like a walk in the park. Oh, wow. And the, I, the, I'll just give a couple of stats. Um, total, there's 550,000 feet of elevation gain, which is the equivalent of climbing Mount Everest 18 times. Oh my goodness. And the trail, the train is best described as the longest obstacle course in the world. So if you're not dealing with mosquitoes, you're dealing with heat and then all of the heat rash and the, the, um, uh, your heat crystals, the salt crystals burrow into your skin and create a lot of swelling, especially on your back where your backpack is. Um, if it's not that, then it's mud and rain. In fact, there was over 60% of the days were rainy and even those non-rain days were wet and soggy and mucky. And there were, I'm not even exaggerating, states, miles and miles and miles of nothing but mud and if you can think about what that mud is, it's basically decayed vegetation. So if you take a bag of spinach that's rotten and inhale, that's Ooh. what I smelled like. Oh. That's the, the, the mud. And so I'm slipping and sliding in that mud. And literally there was one day where I was just trying, I mean, I, I slipped three times in quick succession. I just could not go in a straight line. And I took my, my stick pole. Am I allowed to cuss? Sure. <laughs> I my pole and I'm sitting in this mud and I'm literally dripped all over because this is the third time I, I fell that day. And I took my stick and I go, you fucking fuck you. <laughs> and I screamed ah! <laughs> just because it was, it was, it, I just could not walk in a straight line. It was so hard. And then if that's not finished, then you have technical climbing. So literally you're climbing up rock faces and I've never climbed before. And I've got this big pack and my balance you is off. like practice or train or you just did it. You know what all what I was doing. Sounds like something just, silly or say stupid that I would do. <laughs> Let's just do it. The success rate is only 20%, 20, 25%, depending on who you talk to. Wow. And I would not be surprised if it's less than 20% this year because twice we had states of emergency. We had the fires, the Canadian fires, which caused say. me. Yeah, that, that, that really caused me an admin exacerbation, which required me to get some medical attention ASAP. I was, I couldn't even say the words, I can't breathe. Oh, wow. That was too hard for me. And um, there was a, a, a hurricane two days after the hurricane. The There was another flood that came. It was uh, two days of bolting rain. So when I went through the 100-mile wilderness, which is right before you reach Katahdin in Maine, 
really rugged area, the, the river crossings were up to your waist and it was so strong. We did have one guy who died. We had another guy who got trapped under the water and had to get popped out of a stick. So they did have some work arounds. I took the work around walk arounds, but that added like 15 miles to the trail. So it was just dangerous at every turn. But in that process, you know, you you're you 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 hike 12 hours a day. You, you know, you have to collect your water, you have to filter your water, you have to start a fire um, and, you know, boil your water before you can drink anything, you know, all of those things. And you just wake up and you do it again. You are exhausted and you are at your core. And what I found in all of that, besides we can do hard things, but it stripped you away of all of the things, right? We surround ourselves with pink and fluffy and crystal, like I'm doing right. here. You know, you surround yourself with, I drive a fancy car. That makes me cool, you know, or you have these friends or you have this makeup to hide, you know, the wrinkles, you know, all the things. I was raw. I was vulnerable. I was at my, my most vulnerable moments. And what I found was I'm enough. I'm enough as I am. I can do this. I will do this. And so I emerge with this kind of sense of power that's inside of me of knowing that I don't need all the things. I'm unstoppable as I am without all the props. So well, that was- I like you were pretty unstoppable before. <laughs> all your Iron Man and success and stuff in your yeah. business. Yeah, well, I've, I've always had that, you know, kind of innate drive to do tough things, but this this doesn't light a candle to anything because wow. it's such a such a paradox to who I am, right? Yeah. You know, even doing an Ironman, you know, at the end of the day, you go back home to a shower and fresh clothes and a bed. Right. You know, when and a massage when you're done. Right. Yeah. And here you go to bed with those wet soggy muddy clothes that smells like decayed spinach and you wear those clothes day in and day out and so, but, get aren't there i was gonna say are there there stops places that you I don't yeah. know what but there's places yeah, to stop is there places to do hostels take do laundry people there yeah yeah about every five days or so on average depends on where you are so at the beginning and at the end, you're more out in the wilderness and it's more rugged. And there might be, you know, five to seven days before getting to a town and a hostel that will take you in and do laundry and you have a bed to sleep in. Right. You're in the middle states from Virginia to about New York. It's a lot more populated. And so if you want to, you can go into town every day. Not everybody does that. So you have a lot more choices in those times. Yeah. So did you have people come and hike with you that you knew and join you? Yeah. Or? Yeah. yeah, that was really cool. Um, so I blogged and um, I, I just kind of like the Pied Piper, the further along I went, the more people I accumulated, which was really fun. fun. So I'm sorry. I said yeah. that's fun that people were joining yeah. you. Yeah. And uh, like my old professor from business school, he came out and I had another friend who actually he's a friend now. I actually never met him, but he's in the industry. He's a medical device. He's got like 16 patents in his name. He's completely obsessed with the story. And he came out on trail and gave me some new shoes. 
Um, the lunch that was really special. And, um, and then there's like random strangers who would also come out and they would, uh, set up, you know, um, hamburgers, they would grill hamburgers for you. They would take your trash that you've been accumulating. You have to hike out your trash. Um, they would, you know, give you a a chair to sit in. That was glorious, a chair. Um, and, um, and then they would, you know, you know, various snacks or whatever. And that was called trail magic. And you get a lot of trail magic by these random people, just random acts of kindness. Yeah. It was really cool. Oh, that's really cool. You still have a motivator to want to do it. That's yeah. <laughs> so <It's> fun. <laughs> did you hike? You didn't say it was fun. <laughs> uh, did you hike with people the whole time, or there were parts where you're by yourself? So you're with a bubble. So, um, so I I was by myself, but I was never alone. So you could sit at a at a shelter, which is a three sided structure to help you get out of the rain. And those are about every eight miles or so. And so you could sit in one of those shelters and sit there for an hour and you'll have maybe three people who will pass you. Two of them you might already know, and it will be this long lost reunion. Um, and then one person you just met that day. So it you you end up, if you've ever run a race or a marathon or something, you know, it's always crowded at the beginning, but then towards the end, you end up kind of leapfrogging with the same people who are your pace. And that's right. about what it's like. Yeah. Okay. You, Were there people that go the other direction or does everybody go north? About 80% of the trail goes from south to north. And then the rest of them goes from north to south. They have to start around July because of the snow and the, the rain and all that. Right. Um, and then, then other people do flip-flops. So they'll do kind of sections of the trail and flip around um, to, to get their theirs done. But majority, significant majority goes from south to north. So to hike the whole trail, is it you do it all in one time or do some people do a little bit here and a little bit there? So what your goal is to be called a through hiker okay. and to be recognized by ATC, which is the Appalachian Trail Conservancy, you need to do all uh, 2,200 miles within the same calendar year. So most people don't have luxury of an entire year to do this. Um, So they might split it up a little bit and have some more rest. Other people, they are not interested in the title through hiker. And they just do a weekend and, you know, three weeks at a time. And it will take them 20 years to do the whole trail. Um, And then other people, not, not even interested in doing the whole trail, they'll just do section hikers and they'll do a sections at a time. Um, so we're all mixed together. Yeah. So how many people did it like you start to finish? Like um, about, I think the number is 3000 each wow. year. Right. And then uh, 20, 20% or so, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less um, actually finish. Wow. Yeah. So many cool. I'm sure you have so many lessons and stories and. Yes. Yes. I've been doing a lot of um, talks, which is really fun. So I do give a talk about setting big audacious goals and sticking with it and all that other stuff. So I've been went to my alma mater and, you know, a couple of universities and whatnot. So it's really fun. So I'd be happy to, if anybody's listening, that needs looking for a speaker. I love it. I could talk about yeah, it. All day. Which yeah. I've actually thought about taking this podcast and making it into more of a membership that people can join and they get more access to whoever this, the speaker is. I have a couple oh, of yeah. options and things to do book clubs with. I don't know. We'll talk about that. Other fun ideas. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. So did you go back to work? Well, uh, it remains to be seen. Okay. The company, um, uh, my division was sold off. And so, and, and honestly, it's time for a new chapter. And so I am interested. So I'm just now starting my interview process. I, I took a month off. So the month of October, I just really slept. I mean, yeah. consistently slept and recovered. My knees still are really jacked up and all my tendons are messed up. Um, and uh, so November is when I really have just started the networking and looking for a job. So it'll be a while. Yeah. Looking for something totally different? No, I'm going to stay in the same industry, biopharmaceutical. And I'm, because I'm looking for a leadership position, those are those are a little bit harder to come by. Right. Um, so this, the right moment will show up when it's ready. You never know who might listen to the podcast. Who knows? Yeah. So what was the biggest thing you missed about the luxuries of home? Obviously, Plumbing. Plumbing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's um, there's one blog that I wrote write about, and that's uh, uh, pooping in the woods. It is oh. a whole nother experience. Like normally, our business, well, I call it, or normally we just don't even think about it, right? You get your right. done job done and move about your business. Yeah. Out in the wilderness, it is. It is. You have to dig a hole. You have to make sure you're not going to fall down into that hole. Oh, wow. You got to hold on to a tree. Hopefully, you're not. You know, you're 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 on this big slant, and you know, God help you if there's snakes and poison oh, ivy and bears, and you know, it's like just to do the one thing that we all yeah. have to do. It's yeah. much more complicated. Oh wow! Yeah. Did you see bears and snakes? I saw twenty. Yeah, twenty wow. bears. Um, one of them, most of them, they're very, they're, there's nothing to be afraid of. And, but there was one that was a little bit more curious and hung okay. around a little bit more than, than I would like him to. So yeah. we tried to scoot him off and he was just too hungry and too curious to know what was going on. Snakes. Oh my gosh. Let's just say I'm not afraid of snakes before I was afraid of snakes, but now I guess through repeat exposure, I am no longer afraid of snakes. There's wow. tons of them, rattlers, black snakes, rat oh, snakes, spiders, and everything in between. All the bugs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. what's your next adventure? <laughs> you know, um, I, I don't know. I don't know. No. So okay. I, I think my, my, my first goal is to get a new job. And to, you know, got to replace the coffers, you know, living a year without income and really without health insurance to speak of. Right. Um, that's that's a consideration. So I've got to be responsible again. But, you know, who knows? Like um, I'm volunteering out on the trail. I just got certified as a hike leader by the oh, Potomac wow. Appalachian Trail. I plan to um, volunteer and do some trail maintenance. I want to go out there and do some trail magic and give a bunch of happiness and love to random strangers. I think that's, I can't wait to do that. That's and um, and then I started, you know, now that I know that I can walk like a champ, um, I'm starting to race walk, which is a whole nother thing so i i um i'm just my goal is to race walk a marathon so that's <laughs> wow. so it's not running anymore but by golly i can walk the thing <laughs> I, I can walk um but i'm not gonna race walk but i'll walk around lake ann with you anytime <laughs> i will do that anytime my walk. <laughs> in fact we're doing a uh turkey trot for thanksgiving we do walking around lake ann 
um, which for those listening that aren't local, it's a whole mile and a half around. And we're so strenuous that we literally, at the first time I did it, I said it was a 10K. And my brother's like, it is not a 10K. Well, my last name is Kane. I'm like, there are at least 10 of us there. But <laughs> so strenuous, we walk around half the lake. And, you know, when you have your water stop, or we yeah. have mimosa stop. Oh, so we still no. halfway around the lake for mimosas because you know, like your style. Right? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get along just fine. Yes, exactly. So how I always ask people, how would you empower somebody else to do the courageous thing to say, why not today? Not necessarily have to do an Ironman or a Appalachian Trail, yeah. but how yeah, would you I mean, encourage this, somebody this, else? This is a little bit extreme and I don't think the message is to, to do this, but I think you know, we we need to go back to our core. We need to remember who we are and the things that we love and dare to be that person. If it's you've always wanted to be an artist and you're really good when you were a kid, at, you know, drawing and it took you away and you lost time, do that, you know, or if you like to cook, you know, take some cooking classes, but don't be afraid to live. And it just takes small steps. It doesn't have to be, you know, quit your job and do nothing for five months. You know, it's, you know, you can just do it spread into your existing day, but give back to yourself and remember that core person. And when you give back to yourself and you remember who you are, then you're just so much better at giving to others because you have that full tank. So agree. And, uh, and that's one of the reasons I do this is really to encourage people and it doesn't have to be the big, it can be the little, like, you know, some days it's just getting out of bed or what are the things you enjoy and you want to do? And yeah, we got to live our life and not right. be so tied down. Um, I did interview somebody, you'll have to go back and listen to the episode with Charlene Wheelis. And she wrote a book about, I, I think it's called I Am Enough, which tied into what you were talking about. But she went to the ranks, the high ranks of corporate America and got cancer yeah. twice. And finally is like, done. Like I need to live my life. And, you know, we were talking about the whole health insurance thing. When I quit my job, people were like, what are you going to do about insurance? I'm like, I'm going to pay for it. She's like, yeah. I had amazing insurance and my job that paid me, the main, gave me the main, amazing insurance made me sick with all the stress. So, you know, yeah. there's definitely trade-offs. So yeah, you got to live your life. So yeah. I love your stories and can't wait to read some of your blogs and follow. So I always try to connect back to my dad and, yeah. um, I think, you know, he had definitely a similar mentality. Just do it. You'll figure it out. Just take the leap. And he did some crazy things in his life. Um, and he was still active. He'd had strokes and he still did things like went skiing and body surfing and he couldn't use half his body because of the stroke. And he only had one eye most of his life, but he still mm. did all the things and lived his life. And, you know, I think also the connection, you live in Reston and I, mentioned you we have mutual friend who um you know from rest and runners which was a good friend of my dad's um yeah. so it's a small world so um i'm going to share all the ways to get in touch with chris um is there any particular way that you like people to find you um i'll just put it in your in your blog details and okay and we will share that so yeah. you know if you like the podcast share it with somebody um like it pass it on review it um, we're really trying to grow the brand. So I do have, for those watching or listening, I have Why Not Today t-shirts to encourage people to say, why not today? That's and funny. why not Why not today cups? And oh my gosh. All the, all the fun things. 
So really encourage people just to be brave. So thank you, Chris, for your story. I'm excited to even to know you better. And thanks for everybody that listened. And remember, just say, why not today? You never know. <laughs> That's great.